This week on the one cast, Trey is MIA. So Ben and I are going to talk about the recently released 2024 elite schedule, uh, classic qualifiers, and I'm sure everybody's favorite topic, forward-facing sonar. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, son. It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow. feel like it's going to be a bad day. What is going on? One cast. Hey, I can, I, I can get this uh, <laughs> because uh, as you heard in the little open there, we're a little MIA without Trey here. And he's usually one that pushes the button. So Pete's trying to do the intro and hopping all around here. But uh, welcome back to the one cast. Again, Trey's uh, in upstate New York doing some uh, army stuff this week. So Pete and I are holding it down. Uh, but before we get started here, as you guys know, uh, you know, join the Snagless Revolution. Go to onecastfishing.com. Use the code the onecast, save to ten percent. Get your snagless jigs, long neck hooks, soft plastics, weighted neds, every, basically everything you need to fish from the top to the bottom. That's right. Covers it all. You set now. I'm set. I think, <laughs> I think we got all the buttons pushed. If you watch, if you're uh, watching the YouTube, then you you probably see him jumping around. Yeah, I'm like forever. a ninja. One second I'm in one seat, the next I'm in another. So we're all over the place. But yeah, excited to be back. Bass released their schedule. Uh, we also have the early, I guess what you would say, the classic qualifiers. There could be some changes there depending on what happens. Yeah, in yeah. the last three opens. Yeah, as I understand it, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about who's in, who's out of the Bassmaster Classic. Obviously, there's a, a few Bassmaster Opens that are left, so those names are, are obviously to be determined, as well as Bass Nation and the Team Championship. But for the most part, uh, based upon the AOI standings, they've got the elite guys set and slated for the Classic come next March out there at uh, Grand Lake in Oklahoma. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking, it's shaping up to be complete. Uh, there's a chance the the first three out could get in if three double qualifiers. If you, I think that's what Bass refers to them as. So if three elite or already qualified folks win, uh, it'll bump those those elite guys up that were the first three out in Angler of the Year points. Um, so if any of the previous open three. Uh, or any of the elite series anglers that are qualified win, then it, it could move somebody else in. But you know that, and we're looking at the graphic here, and hopefully, uh, if you're watching this too, y'all, uh, as we refer to this, so the graphic will be up. But that's probably why at the bottom of it, you have this the first out, second out, and third out. And those are David Gaston, Scott Martin, and Bill Lowe. And they're on the bubble right now, and there's three open events left. So I guess that that makes sense that, yeah, that would be that would be their way in. So the, not that those guys are completely out. Uh, they've got a, a road that's completely non-dependent on what they you get a back. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like the NFL playoffs in there. You get a backdoor your way in. They have time. no no control. But we'll talk about the the folks that are in. We'll run through it. Jeff Gustafson's in uh, from winning the classic last year. That's an automatic you know, bid. Do you want to do this when we get to the classic on the schedule? Are we going to go week by week? I mean, we can do that. Yeah, we could do All that. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the schedule. Ah. Uh, I'm going to go come right out and I'm going to get the debate out there that's been on the internet. Everybody's been whining about forward-facing sonar, and I'm going to say whining because that's what it is. You're for it. You're against it. Uh, typically, everybody complains because the schedule for, for BASS and BPT is a lot of spawn-heavy events. Bass has a schedule that is not spawn-heavy. They might hit the spawn in, in one, maybe two events, uh, and that's super dependent on maybe three, looking at it here. 
Uh, and I'll, we'll talk about which ones there are. But there's three events where potentially they could hit the spawn depending on on weather. Everything out else should be either pre or post. Uh, so now everybody is complaining that the schedule. Oh, they went away from the spawn events. And now it's all going to be forward facing sonar. You, you, uh, so you can't win for nothing. You know. You know. You you, <laughs> you always see that debate too about. You always see comments and and, and I just feel it out there that there's a lot of people who feel like. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's a minority out there feel like you shouldn't have tournaments during, during um, you know, the spawn. But for everyone out there, if you haven't seen the schedule yet, we won't go in too much detail like every single date. But I just want to lay out the events at kind of the month that they're in to kind of get a feel yeah. of how the schedule for Bassmaster is different than the schedules in the past. So Because we'll do an episode around Christmas time probably sometime in that in the winter when there's not as much going on but yeah. we, we break down all the schedules so we'll have bass we'll have uh BPT and we'll have uh, NPFL schedule we'll talk about each lake and how we think it's going to play out I, now I want to go back and listen and listen yeah, and see if, how close we if, were if if you were around for one of our you know first five episodes yeah uh within the first five three of those was covering each one of the major pro circuits uh Bassmaster NPFL and then uh, MOF, and we broke down the schedule. We talked about the weights that it took to win in the last event, and kind of you know who our favorites were for that. We should go back. And we all and, tried to predict AOI. Yeah, like, we need to go back. You know, you, we'll you, bring that up when yeah, we do we'll, the episode this year and we'll, see see where we're when at. when we do our total year wrap up. We should definitely. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, have to go back. Go back and listen to see how wrong we were because I think we were uh, pretty wrong. I think we were pretty far off Yeah, because it certainly didn't play out how we expected it to in some events and other events didn't play out how we thought it to. I mean, I, I, I specifically remember talking about Santee and how late they were going and it was going to be a, a forward facing. And it turned out the guys winning were, or the guy that won was fishing spawn fish. He couldn't see, but that's what they were doing up on those, those outside cyber mm -hmm. trees. So, uh, we were pretty far off because I don't think any of us predicted somebody winning Okeechobee in February with a jerk bait in the river. Uh, so. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. So um, it'll be interesting, but they're starting off a little bit different yeah. this year. So 2024, so last week in February, they were at Toledo Bend, and then the very next week, it's back-to-back -back events. So 29 February to 3 March, they're, they just, they're just going over to Lake Fork. So back-to-back -back events kind of early in the year. Probably not spawn events. Probably a little bit. There may be a couple up spawning. You would think For, forks one potentially. Yes, I don't have it on my list of likely spawn, uh, but it is potential. Uh, just because if it's warm, if they get a warm winter, there's a chance that one they might have some. It, it's one of those events that yeah, you may catch some fish off a of spawn. There may be a couple guys who who do that. But I don't think it's going to be the whole field. That's the way you have to do it to win. That one, they're, there's going to be some giant bags caught pre-spawn, and forward-facing sonar is going to play a huge role in that. I know folks don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. uh, but well, the guys are going to be there's going to be guys out there that are targeting very specific fish, and I feel we're going to see we'll see another one or two century belts. I really believe. I think last time they were down there was when we had the two. Uh, yeah. That was when Lee had one and Swindle had one. Yep. They finished one two. And uh, that, that was a little later last time. Yeah. Now, now, MLF, they did go. It was either last year or the year before. I think it's actually the year before they they went to fork. And it was an earlier the year event because the water was still really low. I don't know if it was their first event in January, but it, it's not far from this time frame. Wasn't that, though, when they had that water had been low, but they got that massive flooding through February, March. I think that was the year that they went. 
Uh, they also had a really weird cold front it, the week they were there. It, w- it was really cold. It was windy. The I have to go back. Was there was a lot of weird stuff that went on in that one. They still caught them, though. Alton Jones won that one, if I remember. Junior won that one, if I remember. They caught them, but not, a, not like Not you. like they would. Not like you If would. the weather sets up right, that's going to be one. Toledo Bend, I hear the Hydrilla's back. Mm-hmm. That event's going to be – they're going to catch They're gonna catch some fish. Uh, they catch them anywhere they go. But uh, those two events starting off the year, back-to-back weeks, February, March – uh, and then a little bit of a break, two weeks, and then they hit Grand Lake for the Classic. And we're going to spend a couple minutes on this. We'll talk about it more with Trey, uh, but we want to kind of talk about where it sits now. So August 31st, uh, Bassmaster released the initial qualifiers list for 2024. Like we said a little bit at the beginning, this could change. Hopefully the graphics up. Uh, our plan is to have that up there for y'all to look. So uh, the top you see Jeff Gustafson automatic in because he won the classic yep. Patrick Walters automatic in uh, because he won uh, the ninth event of the year is, is the one that is an automatic win and you're in. So the St. Lawrence river, mm-hmm. uh, he won that one and is in. Uh, so those two guys won going that way. None have won an open yet that are elite series guys. So uh, through the opens, you have Justin Barnes, uh, Ben Milliken, Powell Kemp, who's a local, uh, Adam Rasmussen and Joey Nania, who's been around for a long time. Yep. Glad to see him win one. Uh, and then there's three to go. So there's three more opens, uh, depending on who wins those. This is where we're talking about there could be some shift in, in the elite guys that make it through the AOI points. Uh, because if some if an elite person that's qualified wins one of those and double qualifies, it'll bump the next person up in. Uh, and then the Bass Nation College, all of that's still to be determined as they finish up their seasons. Um, and, then, and then from there, Bassmaster lays out the rest of the elite qualifiers. And so it, the way it worked out this year is that if you qualified 42nd or higher, if you finished 42nd or higher at Angler of the Year points, you were qualified for the Classic. So this yeah. year, first year out, I uh, was, was 43rd. In so Cole Sands was the last man in, yep. uh, rookie, so that that's pretty cool. Uh, so David Gaston, I don't know much about David, but he's the first out in points. Uh, so if if one of these elite series double qualifiers or if one of the guys that's already won an open wins another one, that would bump him in because uh, that'll open up an extra mm-hmm. spot. So uh, David Gaston's that first out. Second out is uh, Scott Martin, uh, which you brought up an interesting point that he's the only one of his little travel group that didn't qualify this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's probably getting a lot of – a lot of stuff. I'm sure there's some text. <laughs> yeah, there's probably some uh, <laughs> from uh, smack being talked there. But yeah, Canterbury and both area uh, they both qualified uh, yep. for the classic. And then Bill Lowen was the third out, so he's got a shot. Depending on those last three, uh, that's got to be a tough place to be in, where it's completely out of your control. I mean, I mean, you can't. There's you nothing gotta, you can do but sit and watch and and hope and pray that uh, <laughs> it's, it's, al- it's almost like winning a lottery right now because. One, how many of these guys are fishing the opens? Uh, Fujita probably. Fujita, right? And um, Taku, both I think are fishing them all this year. So, and that's about it. Joey was fishing some. See, I don't know if he's fishing any of the last three. Uh, so, so you maybe have three guys who are qualified yeah. to fish in the open. So the odds are some of the young guys, maybe like Cole Sands, rookie, he may have fished fish more. I don't know, but I know a lot of the guys on here, you know, the the Shryox, Brandon Card, Greg Hackney. Uh, you look at the guys that have been around for a while, John Cox, Robertson, they're not fishing them. 
Yeah, and I was I was gonna ask who surprised you by making it or not making it, but but then I realized I think that's a silly question because this is based upon the AOI. We've been following all year. We've kind of expected who's gonna make it or not. Yeah, I mean, but uh, there are some surprises I think because you look at uh, for me one is uh, Hank Cherry didn't have a didn't seem to be having a great year. Yeah. Was towards the bottom of that, but squeaked in. I believe if I remember right, he was sitting out by several places. Uh, at the beginning of the year, or at the beginning of Champlain, yeah, uh, and he he rallied and had had pretty solid tournaments and squeaked his way in. Uh, so if there's anybody on there that really surprised me, it was him because he had kind of a kind of a lackluster year, for lack of a better term. Uh, didn't really hear much out of him. The rest of the, the folks, like we said, we've been following. Um, I'm sure there's some others that made a big push there at the end. Anybody really below Polyunic probably was was stressing a little bit going into those last couple events oh yeah absolutely uh, you know and, and we're able to work their way in was there anybody on there that really surprised you no again we've been following it i mean these have been the names that have been consistent all year long yeah you know it's it's I mean, you yeah i can't think you know there's always names who don't make it um you know household names because they didn't have a good year uh, I mean, like, I don't see Seth Fighter up there. I don't nope. see uh, no Seth, no uh, John Cruz didn't make it again. Uh, Swindle didn't qualify this year. So, like, there's there's always names like that who don't make it because when you're only talking 42 to 44 of the 100 guys who are going to qualify, there's always going to be big names who don't make it. Um, but like, so there's no doesn't really surprise me too much based upon how the year shaked out. Yeah, I mean it was uh it was an interesting year this year in, in in Bass. There was a lot of uh there was a lot of new winners. Not that there isn't. Uh, that's something Trey brings up all the time and I argue with them because I'm like there's new look at the repeat winners in Bass. There's new winners every year, but I, I think sometimes the guys we see winning are guys who have been around for a long time and we just kind of assume a guy like Bill Lowen, like he's been fishing the elites for mm-hmm. 10, 10 years or so and he won his first one last year and everybody's like, Oh, well, Bill had never won one. Same with G-Man. Like, a lot of people have no idea that Gerald Swindle never won an elite yeah. event. He's never won a blue trophy. Has two Angler of the Years. Uh, obviously, is a heck of an angler. Uh, I saw somebody arguing on our short from, from last week. There were a couple guys that got, got into it. On Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we were, we were talking about this last week, and if you listen, you, then you heard this. But, you know, it, it came up that, you know, how hard it is to actually win because – you know, there was some luck involved, you know, being in the right place, right time to win one. Uh, you know, we were talking about how Joey had won two, you know, as a rookie. That was where the conversation was. But, like, it came up, like, Swindle's never won one. Uh, Kyle Welcher, who won Angler of the Year, hasn't won an event. But, yeah, he was the most consistent. And then, um, yeah, someone was making some silly comments. On yeah, Facebook some silly happen. comments like they do on Facebook. Facebook's wild. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, if I, I look at all the different social medias with all of our our stuff for the podcast, the business, personal, and it definitely seems like Facebook is the one where people wild out the most. Instagram seems to stay pretty. TikTok gets a little bit squirrely from time to time, but Facebook, man, them them people on Facebook are just Facebook, like, and there'll be paragraphs. I think they just go on there looking for a fight. Like <laughs> I'm bored at work, I'm gonna go fight somebody on Facebook. I, I like it. I like the engagement, the conversation. Because, yeah, yeah, because absolutely. It, you know, it's. Um, you know, it was just talking about the sport and, and, uh, you know, they're passionate, you know, who their guy is and that type of stuff. So, um, it wasn't, it, it was crazy, but it wasn't like, no, it wasn't anything out of, out of, out of control, out of line, but that, yeah. that's at grand Lake. So that, that's going to be interesting. It's been, 
It's been a little while since they fished Grand Lake. It's definitely um, going to be a, I would imagine, a very heavy pre-spawn. It, it's it'll be one of those events where the, it won't be straight winter. Yeah, it'll, they'll be moving, transitioning. There, there's probably some fish. Like you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. I guarantee you. You're going to hear it from every single angle they interview. They want to move up. They yeah. want to move. Like they're right here. They want to go up. Unless it's super warm, and then they might be up. Like that's one of those events that possibly could have some spawn implications. Well, well that was just you know. Cause we do the same thing. That oh yeah. We're like, as soon as you get a little bit, that water warms up a little bit. Oh, so they want to move. They want to get up there any minute now. And it's yeah. funny while we're talking, you know, fish moving, like when you talk to people, everybody's talking about, Oh, there's, they're starting the fall transition. There's no start to that fall. Like the, the fall transition. One thing I've learned is as soon as you get that first cool night, it changes everything. It's not like a, a, a gradual thing. You get that first cool night. Those bait fish start to concentrate. They start to move to, to structure. That's when you can really lay into the fish on on structure where they might not be in the summer. You might not have a wad of fish on a brush pile on a point. Once they start that fall transition, once you get that first cool night, those fish start to move. And uh, I don't know if I call it a transition in the fall. Um, no, they just go. They just go wherever they, the go wherever they, they really go wherever the bait's at. <laughs> yeah, if you can find the bait, typically you can find some fish, and then and then you got to do the dancing act of finding the right amount of bait because. I can tell you, I can't tell how many times I've rolled up in the back of a creek and you could walk across the shad. I turn and around. And you're not getting bit. I turn around. Yep, I get bit. out of there. I mean, there's fish blowing up everywhere. You know, you can see it on forward-facing, fish feeding, and it doesn't matter what you throw. They aren't eating what you have. You can't compete with that. So then you you get that fun act of trying to find a smaller lot of fish. But, um, yeah, that Grand Lake one it's gonna probably going to be, they want to move up event. But, again, if it's warm, that's far enough down Tulsa's in an area where if they have a warm winter, there's a chance they could we could see some fish on bed. So that was one of the ones I said potentially you might see some spawn fish. Probably going to be a little bit early, uh, but the possibility is always there. And then they go to Florida, where there yeah. definitely won't be any spawn on the Harris chain in April. So they get a pretty good break. I say that, but I feel like the schedule is a little bit more compact this year, but it's it, they're going to different places because they have two events in February, two events in April, and two in June. Well, uh, so so they've got back to back in February, back to back in April, back to back in June, and back to back in August. Oh yeah, I missed that one. So they did August just it, like they did so, this year. So that, that's one of the things that you know that struck me too is that one, it was very much it was uh, it seemed compact. Uh, you know, the season end is ending roughly the same time, but the events seem to be be back to back, uh, more compact, less turnaround in between. And then two, uh, it definitely seemed to be a east southeast bias in this in this sense that if you take out the classic because not everyone goes there, you got one event. Louisiana, Texas, west Oklahoma, and that's it. Yeah, Tulsa's not west. Yeah, Tulsa's east of the Mississippi. I guess technically, I guess technically, uh, two. So the Toledo, two, Bend, Toledo Bend and Lake Fork will be it. Yeah. But it's been, I mean, we've been seeing that. And that's been one of the complaints I've seen seen from fans. Like, they're not far enough going far enough west. But, but it, and they're not going far enough northwest. Like, they're not hitting the Minnesotas, the Michigans. Well, so the, they, they, uh, two years ago, they did. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it seemed like every every other year they would hit out, you know, because last, last year for Bass, they went to South Dakota and yep. Minnesota. But, and it, talking to, to the folks we know in, in the elites, like, 
they're probably not going to the Delta anytime soon. And that's just the oh, nature yeah. of it. Like they're not going to the anglers live over here. The days of them driving all the way over there to fish an event and then drive back ended when Sitco stopped giving them free fuel. Like then the end, the, the, the part only- of that's the non-endemic sponsors because you have to take, you have to take these anglers. Everybody thinks these anglers are getting all their fuel for free still and all of this stuff. Like these guys are paying for the fuel and everything it's out a long of their way, own pocket. They might get some sponsor monies to help. Uh, but it's not the same as driving. Most of these guys all live. Alabama's about the furthest west. You, um, you know, the the only way that would work is that if you had like the final event instead of having back to back events. Yeah, you stacked it to where that one was more separated. Yeah, uh, you could make that work. The other thing that was interesting, not just being compact and you know southeast dominated, but two Florida events, then the just right up to South Carolina, then two Alabama events, and then two New York. Like, there's not a lot of the geographic separation. No, and then really, if you look at the the break between the last June event and the first August event, they get they get over a month off. So that'll be a nice break before the Northern Swing. That Lake Champlain event and the St. Lawrence potentially could see spawn fish depending on the winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's get there in a second. Yeah, so we were at Harris Chain after Grand Lake in the Classic. Then they go to St. John's River where they and that's they it. didn't go this year, but they went the year before, so they took a year off from the St. John's. And, and, and again, and in, April in April this year. Yep. So so Harris Chain, again, you never know at the weather down there. there. There's probably one or two fish in the bay, but the Harris Chain's probably going to be an offshore event. Yeah, especially in here, yeah. I don't know about the St. John's and the Tidal River system. Um, I guess if they go down into uh, Lake George, you know, Maybe. that's going to be, a, I think that's going to be it. Somebody's going to win that throwing a frog around. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Those fish are going to be up feeding post spawn. Uh, then May Lake Murray. So they come right up April from St. John's that, fish Lake Murray. And that should be again, maybe one or two fish left on beds, but that should be a post spawn trend. That could go. Either. That's one. That's another one I had marked on mine as potentially a spawn event. Just depends on weather again. Uh, it's hard to predict these because I think last year everything we predicted was going to be a spawn event ended up not being, and the spawn this year seemed to go until July. And, and the year before, <laughs> it, it seemed like everything was a spawn event. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, we used to think, you know, they they tried to put these events around the spawn, and it used to be because, I you know, I looked up a few times. The events for a lot of times, especially the Florida early events, were around the full moon. Mm-hmm. Like they tried to, uh, you know, pick those windows for that to be able to happen. But uh, this year, they they completely it seemed like they they wanted to go away from those events, and, and it should be exciting. It'll be different. Um, we'll see more pre spawn. It's been a little while since they fished an elite event on Lake Murray, hasn't it? No, they went there last year. Well, they, they, did they go to Murray last year? Yeah, I think so. Right, because they went back to back. They went um, or that was a. Was that look it up? Yeah, uh, we, 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 yeah, because look it uh, up, but we'll talk. So, Mur- from Cause, cause, Murray, yeah, they do yeah, the yeah because both place. both MLF, BPT, and Bassmaster did it because uh, BPT went, yeah, because Poche couldn't fish it because he fished the MLF. So, yeah, they, oh, they, yeah, right, yeah, they both went there this year, and it was, uh, you know, both of both, but it had been a few years from this year, mm-hmm. so now they're back to back in it. So, that's interesting. That lake's got hammered. Poor Lake Murray. It's that's done. where they had the 459 boat high school championship. That was Hartwell. Oh, that was Hartwell. Yeah. Right. Yep. But uh, that's what I was thinking. Hartwell, other than the classic, they haven't fished that. They've uh, both Murray showed out both for Bassmaster and for it did this year. So when did they? Get, let me look when they went. It was, they like, caught, it was May, April, April. 
Yeah, April 20th is when they were. Yeah, and they were catching spawn fish. So you're going about two weeks late. Yeah, so that, again, weather dependent could could sort of go either way, but it probably will be a post-spawn. The Wheeler Lake has been – they fish a lot and open there about every year, it seems like. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of other stuff there. Smith Lake, we actually looked up. There hasn't been an elite event since it was the 150s in 04 there, and they hadn't fished it since 1968 prior to that and bill dance won that one there's been a couple like, opens there and some like bass regional events and stuff there yeah, but they had a kayak a kayak tournament there it's a big body of water and, and big spotted bass big big spot and it's bass. south of um you know gunnersville so i would imagine in june late june it that's going to be an offshore type of an event which would be cool to see because you don't see that a lot you get we haven't seen a lot of that in the last few years from from the professional tours like an offshore post-spawn largemouth event yeah you know we used to see it a lot when they go to um you know gunnersville or kentucky lake back in the day kind of the ledge fishing events um that smith lake too is going to be a that'll be a 20 plus pound spot bag winning i hope so they that they grow giant spots in smith lake it's going to be that'll be a fun one if you're a fan of forward facing sonar you're not going like <laughs> to because it's going to look like when they fish the next two lakes champlain and the saint lawrence uh, we all know what we're getting there next year. I don't know. When we do our our full down breakdown for St. Lawrence, I think we need to predict the number of century belts that come out of there. I think so, too. It was four this year. It probably would have been five if Kyle Welcher's boat didn't break and down. it was uh, two last year, right? Two last year. Yeah. Guys are figuring out how to catch fish uh, different ways. And, and, and I know we mentioned things. this, I think, last week or the week before, but you know, last year in the St. Lawrence, when they had the first ever all-smallmouth century belt, it had perfect. It was perfect weather. Yeah. It was like slick calm every single day. And this year, the weather was not that at all. You know, you know, Maddie was talking about fishing eight foot waves out there, but yet they still had, you know, they had four century belts. So four. and could easily could have been five. Yeah, Kyle was at like ninety eight. Uh, Maddie was at like ninety five pounds. So mm -hmm. he was one fish away one of those days. Um, it it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out next year. Uh, for for the St. Lawrence again. So three years in a row they've gone now. I think that's probably going to be the end event every year. Is that that frog going again? We got a cricket or a frog. Something. Yeah, there's a cricket <laughs> or a frog that made his way into our studio, and I just heard it coming through the headset. So I apologize if it's annoying to y'all. Hopefully it, it'll be quiet here in a minute. Yeah, but, um, but overall, I like the schedule. I, you know, I do too. Because it is a little bit different. There's no, I do wish there was one... 100% hammer spawn event where they're going to go out and catch big old gigantors. I just like, I like sight fishing. It's something I'm too. pretty good at. I enjoy doing it. I, I learn a lot when I watch them guys sight mm -hmm. fish. Uh, so I kind of, I, I kind of don't like that there isn't one, but I do because it's been the last two years has been very spawn heavy. There's been a lot of sight fishing tournaments. Uh, and look, going to Smith Lake, a lake they haven't been to in forever. Yeah, more than 20 they, years. They don't go to Wheeler, uh, Wheeler very often. I'd have often. to look when the last time an elite event was at Wheeler, too. And I'll have I'll have more details on all these you, you uh, know, next time. All the other events they've been to recently. I, Grand Lake's one. I don't remember the last time an elite event fished Grand Lake. That one might be a while, too. Yeah, I've I've know they had they've had multiple opens in Yeah, I don't know right? when the last time an elite elite level event went there. Um but another thing we need to talk about is I don't know. We don't have the roster for Bass yet. We don't know how many people are getting cut. We know 70 was the line where you knew you were safe. 
Yeah. Um, guys trying to fish BPT and elites. There's two tournaments that you're not going to be able to fish, and that's Toledo and and St. Lawrence River. That is a good point. So you know, we saw the schedule came out here, and you know, this applied to Poche this year. If he's back on Bassmaster next year, it will apply to him. Um, or if he's back on on BPT again, we, no one knows what like the the layout of you know, the roster for each of the tours yet. They haven't been released. And I don't know if anyone would be in a position next year to fish both, but definitely those two events, Toledo Bend, and then what was the other one? Uh, St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence, right? They they were within 30 days of each other. So those, and Bassmaster was later than both of them. So, you know, there's that, you know, if, you know, I think the only one that could apply to right now is Poche if he's fishing both next year. And again, we don't know how it's going to shake out, but that's definitely a, yeah, we don't know if he's going to choose to fish both, if he's going to requalify for both. I know he requalified for BPT. I do not know about bass. I know this year he didn't fish high enough to requalify, but we we talked earlier. I don't know if they they take past events because uh, my understanding is if you're not a true rookie, you don't get those two years guaranteed. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. He may not want to fish both. Uh, he might have done that. We know John Cox did it one year, and yeah. then was kind of like, eh, "I don't know, if this is for me." Yeah, uh, you know, and he made his decision on where where to stay and and it, concentrate his time. Uh, I don't know if if we're going to see the same from Poche if he's going to try to fish both. Uh, it it's a tough it's a tough deal. I mean, outside you're starting to see less and less of the guys fishing opens uh, during the elite season. All of that it's just it's a lot of travel. It's a lot of time away from home. And outside of the the folks that come over from Japan who don't have anything else to do, and yeah. when they tell when they interview those guys, they say our families aren't here, our friends aren't here, other than our friends that we fish with. So we just fish every tournament yeah. we can. Like, might as well fish as much as we can. That's why they're so good. Too. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're fishing more than anybody. They're it's it's I don't know how they do it. It's crazy the way Taku and uh, Vegeta can just fish nine opens a full elite event. And then who knows what other tournaments they're jumping in, uh, little locals or whatever they're doing. So uh, it's going to be an interesting year um, to see what they do. We don't – I didn't see any uh, – not really any hot – Smith Lake hot weather could play a role. Yeah. Alabama so, in June. You know, you know, those Alabama events in June, right? Again, it's weather dependent. It depends on how, how, how fast that summer heat comes in, right? But – because yeah, we know here in June, that time of June, like out on, on, on Harris Lake in Jordan, like that's when they start pulling off. Those, yeah, that's those, usually those when we're starting to get close to that that's, 85 that's, degree water. That spoon bite's turning on, yeah. you know, the football jig, the crank big bite offshore. Like that that really starts to turn on around that time up here. And I, I know like Smith Lake's more up, I think, higher elevation, right? Because it's right below Gunnersville and stuff. So there's a little bit of that in play, too. Um, but yeah, I would imagine that uh, definitely a post spawn offshore. Yeah, event. and it, hot weather, you got to have the right gear. So make sure if you're going to be fishing that hot weather, you head over to CarolinaWatersNC.com. Check out their lightweight UPF performance wear for your days out there on the water. It's going to keep you cool. It's going to keep you safe from the sun. Uh, if you spend a bunch of time on the water, it's imperative that you take care of your skin. Uh, Jimmy Buffett, we all know, just recently passed away. Uh, from a very private bout, battle with skin cancer, a uh, guy that spent a lot of time out on the water. Uh, so make sure you do everything you can to take care of yourself. Get some Carolina Waters gear. When you're just lounging around, 
Uh, they have awesome, I'm not wearing one today, but they have awesome t-shirts. Uh, they're super comfortable. They fit well, true to size. They got a ton of different hats. You see Ben and I both have different styles on. I've worn a bunch of different styles on uh, various episodes of the podcast. I've worn them out fishing. I have one that they keep telling me I need a new one because it's all sun, sweat, bleached, and nasty. But, man, it's a lucky hat, so I got to keep rolling through this year. Uh, so make sure you head to carolinawatersnc.com. Grab you some new gear. They have a really nice new performance hoodie that's coming out. I don't know if it's on the website yet or not. I was able to get my hands on one before it got to the website, and it's it's awesome. It's got thumb holes and all of that stuff. Um, they're also uh, sublimated, not screen printed. So if you do wear performers wear and you get a screen printed one, you know that screen printing will stick to your skin. Uh, with sublimation, you don't have that, so you're not fighting that. The new shirts are sublimated. Uh, so, again, head to carolinawatersnc.com. For the month of September, the code, the one cast, all one word, is going to get you 20% off your order. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll announce the new discount after the end of that. But make sure you head over and check that out. Again, carolinawatersnc.com. Use the code, the one cast. Take care of your skin. Be comfortable when you're lounging around. Get you some sweet hats. And uh, make sure you check out Carolina Waters. I think we've spent most of this episode so far talking about Bassmaster because that's right. That's the schedule that was just released. But I think I know on our live we've talked about it. I think we mentioned it before, but obviously MLF BPT released their schedule. And I like that one too. And mainly because they're going to a place that's local, that's very different. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's probably the event I'm most excited about for both of them, just because it's a local, it's somewhere that I spend a lot of time fishing. Um, so to see how they go over and kind of attack it, that's my favorite time of year to fish it. So I hate that they're going to be there on what's usually a really good weekend. And he's talking uh, about the, the Chowan the River. The Chowan River, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're fishing out of Edenton. Um, so I'm excited for that one. As far as overall schedule, I, I think that I, I like basses a little bit better uh, just because of the way they have their events. Like, So I guess we can run through it real fast. So right? MLF, um, yeah, I'll read it real quick. So they're end of January, beginning of February, Toledo Bend. That's an early event. Very early. And then uh, two weeks off, mid-February, end of February, they're at Santee. Uh, early March is Red That's Crest early. on Lay Lake. Uh, then they're going to Dale Hollow early April. Uh, which is an event uh, they haven't been. Nobody's been to Dale Hollow in a while. Um, Lake Eufaula, Oklahoma, uh, April, May. So first week of May. Uh, then they're going to Kissimmee in May. That's the heavy hitters. The oh. heavy hitters. That's uh, a little bit later. That'll be an interesting one. Uh, then June or the first week of June this is when they're coming here to the Chowan. Uh, then they're going to the James River, which will be an exciting one. Uh, that's fishery. I really want to go up and fish. That's late June. Late June. And then early August, they're on the St. Lawrence River. You know, what, what sticks out to me about uh, a couple things sticks out to me. Number one, I think it's been talked about a lot, is that uh, there doesn't appear to be any spawning smallmouth events this year. No. <laughs> so uh, Maybe Dale Hollow, but probably early for that. Yes, and that's a little bit uh, – that's – that's a Tennessee smallmouth fishery. So they act a little bit different there. We all, we all know yeah, that yeah. in the up North smallmouth, but, but I mean, that's the big one, but two, like they're going to just like Bassmaster this year, but, but MLF has done this more in the past is that they're going to these lakes at non-traditional times. I mean, that's early Toledo Bend, San, Santee in February. And that's, that's early usually. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of times you see the schedule start February 20th in Florida. 
right? And they're going to be in the second event in Santee. Yep. And then, you know, going to uh, Kissimmee Heavy Hitters, you know, back in May, different time. So it should be really good because, you know, I like seeing these events sometimes that are at different times because these are all destination lakes. And some of these I like to travel to and I have traveled to in the past and I want to travel to some of the ones I haven't been to. But very rarely, right, with the fishing business, with all the trade shows and stuff going on, are you able to get there at the optimal early, you know, like spawning yeah. time? Not so, usually. So to be able to see guys go down to Florida in April, May, and fish them offshore in shell beds and grass, right, jerk bait, you know, it's definitely going to be cool to see, obviously, the local event. It's too. when I'd rather go, too. Like, I'd rather go down there in May than in February just because you're not going to have to deal with as many – as many tournaments and things that time of year like so as an angler it's a lot of times easier to take a week off to go fishing in may than it is in late january early february because we're just coming out of the holidays like for us guys that yeah work a normal job like we've just had a couple weeks off already we're trying to get spun back up it's really hard to say oh yeah i know we just came back from a week off for christmas but i'm taking a week off to go yeah to go fishing um so it's it, you learn, I feel like you learn a lot more in those off times too. Like you learn how guys look at bodies of water when water temperatures are different. We always hear people say, I can't find once the spawn ends, where like I don't even know where to find the fish. We're gonna we're gonna learn where to find them this year. Um it's it's gonna be interesting. But I think overall schedule I like the best is, is I like bass is better just because of just because of the way they have the schedule built. I do like the Chowan a lot, and I do like the James River. I like that they're fishing two rivers that aren't the St. John's and the St. Lawrence uh, because river fishing river fishing's fun to me. You know, I'm um, surprised those are not back-to-back -back events for them. Yeah, there's, it's literally three hours. There's a week between them. Literally weird. three hours up the road. Yeah, that's kind of odd. Like, hey, everybody go home for a day, and then what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a bunch of guys that are just hanging out in that area. So if you're in that area, like a lot of those guys probably aren't going to make the drive home on the 9th, yeah, spend two days at the house, if, and then if, drive back. If you guys want to come out and sit on the podcast and go fishing, come on over. Yeah, anybody, <laughs> uh, any of the BPT guys, you want to come uh, show me how to catch fish on Jordan Lake post-spawn, I'd be more than happy to give you some fuel money. Uh, no, but seriously, I'm – they're, they're both really good schedules. I mean, I've been super critical of MLF and, and how I don't like their change of the five fish and all of that. And everybody just well documented on our podcast how I feel about it from an entertainment value. But I really like the schedule that, that, that they've put out. I like the schedule that Bass put out. Uh, what I don't like, <laughs> I guess, I don't know it's that I don't like it. The irony in all of this is for the last three years, we've heard everybody complain about spawn events. Now we don't have spawn events, and you look <laughs> on the internet, and everybody's complaining because everything's going to be forward facing. So, at the end of the day, lesson learned: you can't make people happy no matter what you do. <laughs> look, I, I, I will say, you know, I think that's very true for Bassmaster. When I look at the BPT schedule here, you know, Chowan, James River, depends on why they're out in the Chowan because it's not really a, a true tidal fishery. It's, it's a wind tide yeah. coming off the sound, yeah. but. They will pull out, but it's less likely to play a factor in those two events. Um, I think it's going to play a huge factor in the show. And what, what, if I'm being honest what, with you, like I feel like somebody's going to win the show one. They're going to utilize your facing right. like we don't as locals. You're they're going right. to find those offshore humps and stuff in the sound if they can fish it, and they're going to use it to catch those bigger fish that everybody's like they just not molested. Yeah. If most folks down here that fish the show one, the Roanoke, all of that. 
fish the main river stuff, which everybody knows, the outside trees, the hurdles. There's thousands of hurdles down there that guys have dumped, you know, a hurdle for those. Yeah, those, and like, like a man-made tree like or structure that you, you put out there. And you fish it down by Edenton. Like, I've only fished it up towards, uh, where is that, Ohoski? Yeah. Right, so like the... Down there is all flipping cypress trees for right. 99% right, of the and, Right, and that's all I did was cypress trees and lily pads yeah. going up the creeks off the river. But um, it will be... Uh, It'll be a phenomenal. What's going to be cool on that one is it weather dependent. Them guys are going to get to run all over the place. And there's a ton of different rivers in that system. I haven't seen, I'm going to see if I can click on it. No, there's nothing to click on. I don't know what their, their off limits are going to be as far as the tournament limits. If there's rivers, they're not going to be able to fish uh, because if, if some of those yeah, guys can make it. the, aren't afraid to make the about 70 mile run to the alligator, yeah. like, that time of year can catch some absolute giants out of the Alligator it, River. And, and what I mean about, you know, Ford facing Stern on not playing as much as a role. Yeah, someone could go out and win it, just like they did at Okeechobee for Bassmaster this year. Or down at I'm not Lake. counting out anywhere anymore. <laughs> no, I, I'm not either. But both at the James and Chowan, there could be it's less multiple like. guys that just go up in some pads and throw a frog and actually find the right stretch and actually right. I mean, I've on catch more, 30 pounds a on day. On more than one occasion, I've had 25 pounds before 7.30 yeah. in the morning on a frog in that time of year. It's just, if like you said, if they find the right stretch, it's possible. It's repeating that for three, four days. It yeah. can be tough because anybody that's ever been down there, if you fish Florida, um, you know it all looks so good. But it's like little stretches where you get into them mm -hmm. uh, and those guys will have the advantage of fishing florida and they know like once you, if you catch fish slow down and, and yeah. spend a little bit of time there it's a, it's a lot of the same um james river is going to be cool that one is very tidal mm -hmm. uh very tidal so I, I don't know have a lot of experience on tidal rivers uh, i know i fished one this year in a trailer tournament down there uh and i fished a tidal river and my fish I found the day before we're at high tide and I went in there in the morning and did not get bit. And then as soon as tide came up, I caught my five uh, in like the last 10 minutes I had to fish. Um, so I learned, yeah, tide is important, <laughs> which <laughs> I knew, but I didn't realize I didn't, it didn't play in my mind because it's not something yeah, I spent a lot of time. Yeah. On. I don't, I haven't really um, fished a lot of tidal fishery. So that's, yeah. that's the only thing I learned. Actually, I learned it mostly. I think, um, watching John a couple of years ago when he won the St. John's John. Oh, Bruce, yeah. Cause you know, he wouldn't show up to his juice spot until I, I think it was a later, uh, one hour later each day because, you know, the tide changes by, you know, each hour each day. Yeah. So he could be, you know, at that optimal uh, time. And that's just a little details. Like, okay, that's what I want to stick in the back of my brain for the future. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of those little details this year from both both organizations uh, and their schedules. And and I'm sure the NPFL, once they release yeah. theirs, we're going to have some interesting and I'm, I'm events waiting, there. You know, obviously we know what their championship is. But besides that, I'm looking for. Hopefully, they'll release their schedule too because I'm looking forward to that, you know, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year. Um, there's a, there's some different fisheries, some new fisheries, uh, some very different times of the year that they're going to even traditional fisheries. Uh, so seeing seeing how that all plays out, uh, seeing what happens with this whole forward facing debate that's going on, I don't know how much of it is actually in the organizations. I will say that MLF has been very quiet about it, including their anglers. Uh, I actually saw one of their anglers make a post today about it saying, like, you notice how MLF isn't getting involved. And I didn't think about this. He's like, 
if Bass bans forward-facing sonar from their tournaments, it's going to push all those kids that are confident in it and like it to start fishing the MLF side of things. And he's probably right. Like, you could push a generation of anglers. So that could be something to, to help the organization if yeah. one or the other does. I, it's not getting banned. I'm, yeah, I, I'm 100% certain I, that, we're, 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 that it's, it's not going to get banned anywhere. It, but it is interesting to see the politics of uh, everything playing a role in how certain organizations are or aren't taking a stance or saying anything about it. So um, at the end of the day, when you look at the polls, a bunch of the pros have done, uh, it's very – it's mostly in favor of not banning, banning it. Yeah. Um, and I, I get why some folks don't like watching the events. I think they can do a better job of uh, – how they present that information like they did with the, the mega live and tying it into the, the live feed that that ability is there with Garmin. I don't know if it's a sponsor deal or what it is, but maybe that's a way to do it. Like if you yeah, can yeah. watch that screen while you watch the angler fish and kind of get an idea of how they're presenting the bait. Uh, for me, I love it because I'm not super good with forward facing sonar and watching those guys do it. I learn a ton just watching them do it and talk about it. I mean, um, I mean, it frustrates me. And I, I like we were, I mean, just like any podcast right now in the bass fishing world, we always go down this four to face and start our. Yeah, I mean, we like, don't want to go down the rabbit like, hole. It's 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 gonna be here. People get mad. They don't want to watch guys looking down the uh, the screen. But five years ago, you would just look at guys blindly casting, whether that's to the bank or to like yeah. an offshore grass pile, and okay, they're looking up at the horizon and casting instead of looking down and casting. They're doing the yeah. It's not. It hasn't changed. It's just. It's and I, without getting too into it, like I talked about in our last episode, if you didn't listen, like people just don't like change. And at the end oh, of the day, yeah. it's a big change. Uh, and so you're going to have people divided. Some folks will take change with open arms uh, when it comes to technology. Not maybe not everything. Not all change is good. But I think any change with technology for the most part is good. Um, I feel like if if Bass or MLF or any tournament organization was going to ban it, they would have already. If you look at the stuff they have aquaview like the second that aquaview was released they were like yeah you can't use it in a tournament um you know those, those type of things they've that been be pretty cool. quick the alabama rig i think was one year and they were yeah. like yeah we're not gonna let this like it's not going anywhere if you want to have the conversation about it and give your side like all i'm gonna say about it is do it in a respectful way to the people that are okay with it there's no need to fight and tear each other down yeah. hunter bogman put a great post up about this whole debate and how people are being with one another, go check that out on Facebook, on his Facebook page. Uh, he hit the nail on the head. Like we're all in, we're all doing the same thing. We're just going out there to catch green fish and we don't have to fight and tear each other down exactly as anglers because, because we don't agree with how John wants to go catch his fish instead of Bob out there catching them, not using it and all that. Like we're all doing the same thing. So, you know, lift each other up. Uh, just, just be happy that we were able to fish <laughs> and we don't have to worry about, uh, you but, know, you know, I think that's good. That's a good way to end this thing on a positive yeah. note. Yeah. Help just, each other out and just go catch fish. doesn't really matter how you do it. Go catch fish. However you like, just do it legally. Yeah. Please do it. Legally. Just do it legally. Have your fishing license. Right. Don't do anything illegal, but look, cane pole, Zepco, right. A thousand dollar reel. They, they all catch fish. Yeah. So, so life scope or not, you can go out there and catch fish. And that's, that's what we're all about. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get out there in the water and everyone's out there. And I'm getting out soon. Fishing. I took a little break for the heat of the the end of summer here because it was been the hundred thousand degrees every day. I was planning to go tomorrow, but it's like eighty percent chance of thunderstorms. Yeah. If it was just rain, I would go, but I, I don't like messing with lightning on the water. 
Uh, so I'm going to maybe go Sunday if the weather breaks. If not, I have a tournament next weekend, and I'm just going to go blind fishing. I'm just going to go fishing. So um, oh, that's all I got. You got anything? No, I'm good. Hey, we appreciate you all listening. Make sure you check out our sponsors we've talked about. Make sure you check out the veteran organizations we talk about. Everything's linked in the description, wherever it is you're watching. Click those links. Use those codes. Uh, help support those that, that help us continue to grow this and help us continue to grow a culture of anglers helping anglers one cast at a time. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow. feel like it's going to be a bad day.